This Week in Tech. Now's your chance to get caught up on all that's happening in the technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now, here's Gene Destro. This week, how governments around the world and here in Ohio are using facial recognition technology and all the complicated issues that arise from that, including privacy, civil liberties, and the possibility of being falsely accused and prosecuted for crimes you never committed. All this and more coming up. From George Orwell's ominous Big Brother in 1984 to Sauron's malevolent eye and Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, literature is replete with stories about beings who watch you at all times, sometimes with bad intent. But what used to be science fiction is now very much science fact, with facial recognition technology, which scans through images captured on security cameras and then matches them against databases like criminal mugshots, military IDs, and driver's licenses. This is of real concern to privacy advocates who are uneasy about governments being able to track our every move. With that in mind, we turn now to a couple of developments that have made headlines recently. The first is about a recent hack on a company called Clearview AI, which compiled billions of images from social media and then sold the data to law enforcement agencies worldwide. CBS News technology consultant Larry Maggot. The intruder reportedly gained access to Clearview AI's customer list, the number of user accounts that the customer set up, and the number of searches customers conducted. The company said that its servers weren't breached and that the company's network and systems weren't compromised. Nevertheless, at least limited information about its law enforcement customers was breached, which could cause problems for those agencies. And he tells us the story has a unique twist. It's kind of ironic that a company that has been accused of massive privacy violations for scraping images of billions of individuals from social media without permission of the individuals or the social media companies wound up jeopardizing the privacy of its law enforcement customers due to a data breach. In Ohio, the state recently announced they'll be spending more than $23 million over the next year on a new facial recognition system that can help them track down criminal suspects. Attorney General Dave Yost talks about the software and the task force he appointed to look into the best way to use it. Now, I recognize that facial recognition has civil liberty implications, and those civil liberties need to be protected as well. But we must not lose a valuable tool in the law enforcement toolbox. We must not cripple justice by failing to use technology where we are able to to produce more just results. But this isn't a decision to rush. We need to take our time, get things in place. I want to implement it correctly. At the end of the day, this new software, this report are going to give us the opportunity to provide law enforcement not only with the tools they need, but with the guardrails we need to protect the rest of Ohio. This is no substitute for police work. Facial recognition technology is a tool to develop leads. It is the beginning of the investigatory process. It is not the conclusion of it. Nobody in Ohio should ever be arrested and charged based on a match or a potential match from facial recognition. The system is amazing in its ability to sort information and to generate leads, but it is not dispositive. It is not conclusory, and it is the 
place where police work begins, not ends. Sarah Andrews, who's on the state's facial recognition task force, tells us about how they came up with their recommendations. During our work, there were spirited conversations and constructive debates. But we all agreed that the use of facial recognition technology is, as Attorney General Yost said, an investigative tool for law enforcement. And that our goal was to balance people's privacy interests with the need for public safety while considering protocols to build public trust and confidence in powerful technology that has limitations and can be easily misunderstood. And former Toledo mayor and current state representative Paula Hicks Hudson had this observation. We have to balance the ability to catch the bad guys with the protection of the innocent. And I believe that the members of the task force did that and that with our conversations and with our varied backgrounds, we were able to present a report to you that will be the beginning of, I think, what Ohio will be on the forefront of getting it right. But not all government agencies around the country are open to using facial recognition technology. CBS's Larry Maggot tells us why. San Francisco at least for now, is banning the use of this technology by any of its government agencies because of the uh, concerns about privacy, also concerns about false identifications, racial bias. There's a lot of issues uh, surrounding this technology uh, that haven't been ironed out, but I have very little doubt that ultimately it will become a tool of law enforcement, and the only question is whether it will be used in ways that are sort of responsible and ethical and don't violate people's rights. So right now what their plan is to use the state's database of driver's license photos. Mm -hmm. And their position is that you voluntarily enter your photo into a driver's license database. So that's where they say they're getting their data from. Right. And of course, it is true that that is state data. They probably have a legal right to use it, I assume. Uh, one could make the counter argument that even though driving is considered a privilege, in fact, it's a virtual necessity and that you took that picture not for the purpose of being picked out in a crowd for maybe being accused of a robbery, but to be used to identify you as a driver. Uh, however, the counter-argument to that is that driver's licenses are the form of identification that are used throughout society. So, you know, I'm, it's kind of above my pay grade to make a decision as to whether that's a good or a bad idea but I could easily see arguments on both sides. And Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost agrees. Benjamin Franklin is famously quoted as saying, those who would give up an essential liberty for a little safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. That's certainly something that we hear regularly in our free society, that you don't want to trade essential liberty for a little safety. And I would agree with that. But I would also say that freedom only exists within the enforcement of the law. And those who would ignore one in favor of the other will soon find that both have been taken from them by violence. So as we look at these tools, we're going to be looking at how to navigate between the competing virtues of privacy and the public safety. We're going to be looking at civil liberties and law enforcement as being intention, not to be resolved one in favor of the other, but to recognize that unless we have both, we'll have neither. 
Now, for kind of a more global view of the topic, here's a clip from my interview with author Andrew Keene, who wrote the book, How to Fix the Future, which examines this topic in great length. And as we have these devices, these supercomputers we carry around in our pocket that tell everyone where we are, as we live in our smart homes and drive in our smart cars and live in our smart cities, so data is going to become increasingly ubiquitous. If you like hyper-ubiquitous, it will be everywhere and everything. We and ourselves, in a sense, will turn into data. Uh, in this world, I think we have a choice. I'm not sure we can protect absolutely our privacy as we did in the 19th century, as Brandeis wanted us to do. But I think we need a new kind of social contract between government and citizen. In Estonia, they're pioneering this, where... Everything is done online in Estonia, so more and more is known about individual citizens. And when the government is, wants or chooses to look at our data, it has to notify us. So what we need in this new world is, is, is transparency rather than privacy. Now, of course, um, the counter model to this, the real nightmare is what's happening in China, where everything is known about individuals, where the government is deploying the most sophisticated technologies, AI, facial recognition technology, to pry into the minds of its citizens and punish people who, are, who aren't politically correct and reward those who are politically correct. That was author Andrew Keene, who's written a number of books about some of the more challenging and, frankly, darker aspects of technology, including How to Fix the Future. Thanks also to CBS technology consultant Larry Maggot and Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost for their contributions to our conversation about facial recognition technology, privacy, and criminal justice. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for future topics, please let us know. Just go to WAKR.net and look for the latest edition of this program and then scroll down to the questions and comments section. And that's it for now. See you next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news and find more online at WAKR.net.